You are listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene, online at bethanynaz.org. I remember pastoring my first church. Um, one day I was in the office and I answered the phone. In fact, every time the phone would ring there, I would answer it because I was the only person there. Um, in fact, I also mowed the lawn and I chose all the songs and I created the worship folder every week. Um, it was just me. And so it was a lady who was trying to sell something, and I don't know if she didn't understand that I answered the phone, Church of the Nazarene. But finally, when she asked me to commit to making some purchase, I just said, no, I don't, I don't have the, you know, the authority to do that. And she said, well, may I speak with the owner or the person in charge? And up till then, I just wanted to get off the phone, but now I begin to be a little amused. Because I'm thinking, well, God is the owner, and He is ultimately in charge. And I said, you want to speak with Him right now? And she said, yes. And I said, okay, just repeat after me. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name, Thy kingdom come. She was was kind of a good sport about it. She laughed, but didn't want to talk much, hung up. I think, I think the real question that we're dealing with today is simply that question, who, who is in charge? When it comes to your own, your own life, who, who is in charge? And, and, and here's where it really comes down to everyday life for us. Am I going to obey God? Or when I am tempted, am I going to give in to my own wants and desires? I think that's... I think that's where the rubber meets the road for us. And just every day, doing life, am I going to obey God no matter what, or am I going to, when tempted, give in to my own wants and desires? So we've been in this series called Clear the Stage, and uh, this is the last Sunday of it, of course. Um, we, we, we just thought maybe if we just kind of cleared the stage, would, would it begin to have this... You know, image burned in our mind of this is what my life should start looking more like. Uh, just kind of clear the clutter out of the way where I can focus better on Christ. Just get distractions out of the way. And so I've been challenging you over these last several weeks as we've been thinking about this. I've been asking you the question, so, so what is at center stage of your life? And so we've talked about sex and we've talked about pleasure and we've talked about money and we've talked about all kinds of other idols. And I wonder if anybody is looking at me this morning thinking to yourselves, Pastor Rick, I have discovered the occupant of the center stage of my life. I've discovered the occupant of center stage of my life, and it's me. It's all about me. I'm at the center. It's all about what I want and what I desire, and that is the struggle. That's why I struggle to put Jesus at the center because I have put myself at the center. And so I think this morning that uh, God's Word can be some great help to us as we think about this particular issue. So open your Bible with me, if you will, to the book of Genesis. should not be too hard to find. It's the first book of the Bible. And we're going to be in chapter 3. And I'm going to start reading with verse 1, okay? Genesis chapter 3, and I'll start reading with verse 1. So here's the story of what takes place, what transpires in the Garden of Eden. So here's the word of the Lord. Now, the serpent was more crafty 
than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. The serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, who is obviously Eve, Did God really say, you must not eat from any tree in the garden? He knew God did not say that. The woman said to the serpent, well, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden. And that is what God said. You must not eat fruit from the tree that's in the middle of the garden, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Or you must not touch it, that is not what God said, or you will die. And so the serpent said to the woman, You will not certainly die, for God knows. You see, what God knows is that when you eat from it, your eyes are going to be opened. And you're going to become like God, knowing good and evil. And so when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food, and pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her. And he ate it. And then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized they were naked. And so they sewed fig leaves together. And they made coverings for themselves. And then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? And he answered, I heard you in the garden. And I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? And the man said, the woman you put here with me, she gave me some of the fruit and I ate it. And then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this you have done? And here's the woman's response. The serpent deceived me. And I ate. I, I remember several years ago, there was a guy who attended our church. Very nice guy. I, I didn't know that he struggled some with emotional illness. But boy, he, he, really, hit, he really hit the wall. I, I went to the hospital to see him. And when I walked into the hallway where his room was... He was uh, in the hallway, and he said, Pastor Rick, I'm glad you're here. And, and then he says something that was really wild. You could tell he was not of sound mind. He just kind of holds his hand out, and he points to this woman, and he says, I want you to meet Pastor Rick, the one true living God. Well, I didn't, I didn't know quite how to respond to that. In seminary, they didn't really talk about what the answer was when something like that happened. And so... The woman didn't really know what to do either, and so I finally just said to him, Hey, come over here. I want to sit down. I want to visit with you. I've come to see you. I want to, I want to talk a while. About a year later, he was doing very well. I felt like God worked powerfully in his life. 
And, and, and I said to him, do you remember the day I came to see you in the hospital? And he said, yeah, I do. And I said, do you remember that woman in the hallway? And a slight grin came across his face and he said, I, I remember her. And I said, do you remember what you said about her? And he said, I do. I said, how do you, how do you respond to that now? And he said, just thinking about how that sounded then and how it even sounds now. I know. But in that moment, I was not of sound mind and I believed what I was saying was true somehow. I was reminded of that story when I read Eidelman this week. And Eidelman says this. Eidelman says, there is one God. And by the way, the lady in the hospital hallway, that was not him. And Eidelman says, you know who else it's not? It's not me and it's not you. There is one God and it is not me. I am only an imposter to the throne. Ouch. (laughs) That hurts. There is only one God and it is not me. I am the imposter to the throne. And I must decide today who I will serve. In other words, who is going to be at the center stage of my life? Is it going to be the one true God or am I going to place myself at the center? Is it going to be about what I want and what I desire? So someone said to me a few years ago, do you know that the Bible is really divided into three sections? And so they held up the Bible and they said to me, Rick, here's here's what it looks like. Section one is the creation story. It's Genesis 1 and 2, that one page right there, okay? That is the first section of the Bible. It tells the story of the creation. That's the first section. There are three sections. That's number one. The second section is chapter 3. Chapter 3 tells the story of the fall of man. Sin enters the world and everything changes. It's really bad. That's section 2. There's three sections. The first section is chapters 1 and 2. It tells the story of creation, okay? The second chapter, the second section rather, is chapter 3. It tells the story of the fall of man. Sin enters the world and everything changes. The third section is the rest of the Bible. It's all of that right there. And it's about trying to fix what happened in chapter 3. The whole rest of the Bible is trying to address what went wrong in chapter 3, the second section. And so, we've got to talk about chapter 3, okay? Here's what happens in chapter 3. The serpent comes, who is the most crafty of all the animals God had created. And he says to Eve, the woman in the Garden of Eden, Did God really say to you that you could not eat from any tree in the garden? The serpent knew that God did not say that. Oh no, God did not say that, Eve said. God said that we could eat the fruit from the trees of the garden, but we couldn't eat from one tree, the tree in the very middle of the garden. What happens if you eat from the tree in the middle of the garden? He said we would die. Life as we know it would cease to exist. Life without shame, life without guilt, life without fear, would be no more. Separation would come between us and God and everything would change. And this life that we have lived to this point would no longer exist. Everything would be different now. And so the serpent says, 
you will certainly not die. You know what it is? There is something that God wants to keep hidden from you. There is something that God doesn't want you to see. God is trying to create this wall because there is something that He does not want you to know. Something that you have the right to know that God is trying to hide from you, trying to keep from you. Here's the deal. If if you eat from the tree in the middle of the garden, then all the covers will come off your eyes and your eyes will be open and you're going to see and you're going to become like God. And you will know good and evil. What, what was that part about becoming like God? Because that, that interests me. You can know all things. Even discerning good and evil. Let me ask you, okay? So I don't know how much you read this section of the Bible. But you don't think, do you? You, you don't think for a minute, do you? That, that maybe what he is really saying to Eve... This couldn't be, could it? Could, could he be saying to her, Eve... Have you ever considered trying your hand at being God? You ever think you might make a pretty good one? What would it be like, Eve, if if you could try your hand at being God? What if you could try playing the role of God? Does that appeal to you, Eve? Um... We, we've kind of asked for years if there's a possibility that, that there could be just, just one sin. Oh, oh no, Rick, there's, there's a lot of people I know and they've committed lots of sins and I've committed sin. And there's lots of different sins you could commit. But, but what if there's just one sin? What, what if the only sin is simply saying to God, scoot over, I'll drive. I know what you've said, I know what you've said, I understand very clearly what you've said, but right now, I'm wanting to try some other stuff. I'm going to captain my own ship, I'm going to run my own life, I'm going to do my own thing. You can scoot over. I'll take the wheel. I'm good to go from here. Any sin you have ever committed in your life, was that not the essence of the sin? I know what you said, but this is what I'm going to do. Every sin you have ever committed in your entire life, was that not the essence of sin? Um, there, is, there is this idea that I've been tossing around in my head this week and, and I think what it comes down to is simply this I wonder if I could create a better life for myself than God can I, I know what God says but I wonder if I was God I wonder if I took on his role I wonder if I could create a better life for myself than God can. So here's a little teenage girl 
and she's been raised in, in the church, and her parents have loved her, and all she's ever known in her home is safety and love and security and shelter. And she has been prayed with before she has gone to sleep for years and years. And the scriptures have been read to her. And they have taken her to church. And people there have invested in her life. But she graduates from high school. And nobody knows why. But all of a sudden, the wheels are coming off. And she's living a life of sin. And finally one day, her mother confronts her and says, This is not what we want for you. And this is not what God wants for you. And she responds to her mom by storming out and saying, but mama, this is what I want. And so a young man finally marries the girl that he's been chasing for years. And God blesses them with a little child, a little boy, and the little boy is the pride of his life. And all of life should be good. But he doesn't come home on the weekends until one and then two and then three and then four in the morning. And his wife wakes him on Sunday morning screaming at him over his bed. What is a man with a wife and a baby doing out at three and four in the morning? This is not what I want for my life. And he responds, this is what I want. You know what the teenage girl and the young husband are saying? I want to be God. I know what God has said, but I have recently heard another story. I know what God has said, but I recently have heard another story. And I want to check it out. Do you understand this? Do you understand that is what happened to Eve in the garden? She knew what God said. She quoted what God said. God said, you can eat from any tree in the garden, but you can't eat from the tree in the middle of the garden. I know what God said, but I've recently heard another story, and I'm going to check it out. You've heard another story. Could I remind you of the little girl who was walking over the mountain path to her grandmother's house to spend the night. And as she's walking along the path with a spring in her step, there is in the path a snake, and she is frightened, and she jumps back. And the snake speaks to her and says, what, What's wrong? What happened? You scared me. You're a snake. Oh, I didn't mean to scare you. Snakes aren't so bad. Have you ever noticed our beautiful colors? Look, let me just slightly move and you can catch the sunlight as it glistens against my skin. Look at the shapes and the colors. And she goes, well, I never considered that a snake was beautiful, but you are. Look at your colors. Look at your shapes. Where are you headed? Oh, I'm going to my grandmother's house to spend the night. Oh, that's, that's not far away down the mountain trail. You'll, you'll be there before night falls. It gets really cold up here at night, you know, and... Being a snake, I have to crawl on my belly. I won't make it, but you'll make it fine. Hey, you don't, you don't suppose, do you? Oh, I shouldn't ask. You don't suppose, do you, that you could give me a lift, I mean, down the mountain trail? I mean, if you just sat on the rock, I would just crawl into your pocket and I could get there before nightfall too. It's going to be cold up here at night. I, I don't think I should, she said. You're a snake. Oh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hurt you. You're a beautiful little girl. 
Well, I, I guess it would be okay. And so the little girl sits down on a rock and the snake crawls into her pocket. And she jumps up and she starts down the mountain trail and immediately feels she feels something strike her side. And she pulls the snake out and throws it to the ground and says, I can't believe this, you bit me! And before the snake slithers off into the bushes, he says to the little girl, You knew what I was when you picked me up. That's my story. I was the little girl. Is that your story? Eve. You didn't know who he was? Did you really believe the lie? Every time, every time, every time in my life when I have crossed the line, every time when I have sinned, I knew. Every time I knew. I knew what I was flirting with. I knew what I was playing with. I knew who was talking to me. Every time I knew. In my, uh, in my life as a pastor, there is a steady stream of people who come into my life. A steady stream of people as a pastor. And the stories are usually the same. The circumstances are different. But it's always this. Pastor Rick, I, I've blown it. I messed up really bad. I blew it. I knew better. I knew what I was dealing with. I I knew knew what I was flirting with. I, I, I knew the danger. But I've really messed up. And I'm I'm scared and I'm afraid. And I think I might lose a whole lot over this. It's just kind of a steady stream in my life as a pastor. These are the, the stories that I hear. And so the Bible says that Eve sees that the food is pleasing. To the eye and good for food and desirable for gaining wisdom. And she took some and she ate it. And she gave some to Adam and he ate it. And their eyes were open and they realized they were naked. Who told you you were naked? We hid. Because we were afraid. And we were naked. So you see what follows? Shame. Fear. Now I don't know what's going to happen. And I'm so ashamed. I can't believe that I ever thought I could be God. Why did I ever think that I could be God? My question is for God. 
Okay, God, I read the story. What are you going to do with these people? I mean, you are clear. You are dead on. Whatever you do, don't eat from the tree in the middle of the garden. They go and they eat from the tree in the middle of the garden. So what are you going to do with these people now? And you know what God says? You're going to love this. It's verse 21. God says, I'm going to make them some clothes and I'm going to put them on them. I love that. Do you love that? I'm going to clothe them. In, in the lowest moments of our lives, when we have felt God miserably, He comes to us to comfort us. In the very lowest moments of our lives, when we have felt God miserably, He comes to us to comfort us. I'm looking at people this morning who would say, Rick, I have felt God miserably. I believed the lie. And now I'm ashamed and I'm afraid. And God says, hang on, I'm on my way. I'm coming to you now. And I will comfort you. That's what God is like. Zach, you're in here somewhere. Come on up, okay? And Kyle's going to come. I think, uh, I think this song could maybe help us to be reflective for a few minutes here. And I think God could speak to us through it. And so I would just invite you to open your heart and say, God, you know, I'm all ears. What do you want to say to me? Okay. 
can't remember the last time I cried The last time I felt something moving inside me Seems I've forgotten the fact that you died Gave up your own home Stepped down from your throne The center The universe There's only So, so this, this idea that comes alive in a person's mind that says, I'm here instead of God, you know. I'm, I'm at the center, not, not God. And so we're going to sing together in a moment. I'm going to ask you to stand with me, if you will. Uh, would you stand with me? And so if you say, Rick, I feel like that God has spoken to me this morning. And so what do you do when God speaks? Then you respond by, by speaking to Him. And so this morning, you want to come to the altar as we sing, and you want to respond to God. You're free to do so about what you've heard this morning. It, it may be that you're going through a difficult time in your life, and you may say, Rick, I, I really work hard to keep God at the center, but, but there's some other stuff going on in our lives. And... Um, and we really want to come and pray this morning. You know that you can come to the altar and pray about any need that you have. Could be that life is really good today. And God's blessings are very rich and you want to come and you want to thank Him. You can do that. It may be that you're not a Christ follower. You would not say that I'm a Christian. I have not committed my life to following Jesus. But I need to be forgiven of my sin. And I need somebody to change my heart. I need God to transform me. This morning you could come and you could ask Jesus for forgiveness and you could experience His grace in your life, even now. Um, it may be that you want to be anointed for healing, for physical healing. And if that's the case, you're free to come. There will be pastors here and they'll be ready to pray for you. And so let's sing. And if you want to come to the altar, you can this morning to respond. And anything I want With all my heart Is an idol And anything I can Stop thinking of Is an idol Anything that I Give all my love is an idol. Here I am, down on my knees again. 
to stay as long as you like or feel free to um, go as you need to go if you want to come and pray or if you want to just worship. God bless you. You have been listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene. Visit us online at bethanynaz.org.